0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I am interviewing a dietitian and a health coach, and she is certified. She has gone to school for this. This is not just someone who thinks they know a lot about food. She is actually a certified dietitian and health coach, and I'm so excited to have Tamar on my podcast. And I was just really excited to have her because there are so many misconceptions about health and what is healthy. And what I think is interesting is that there is not one definition of what is healthy. It's not like you need to cut carbs, you need to cut sugar, you should cut fat. It's not one thing that works for everyone and she really breaks down like what she views as healthy and overall as much as you can being so broad. Um, But she just answers a lot of misconceptions and honestly as someone who is considered an influencer and I don't love that term, but let's face it, that is what they're calling us. So anyways, as someone who is considered an influencer, I think that it is really important for me to, I guess, promote what is actually for you guys um I don't want to be promoting anything that is dangerous I don't want to be promoting something that might trigger someone with an eating disorder or anything like that you know like I want to be very mindful about what I am promoting and that's why I really wanted to have a certified dietitian and health coach on here because I wanted to get like real actual knowledge on the subject and also um I don't think you need to have formal education I don't think that you need to go to get your PhD or any your your master's or anything like that but I think that you do need to have some education or some like knowledge on it apart from just google and what works for you um i know nowadays a lot of people can find things on google but i think you really need to know the science about it it's not just like oh well this food is a superfood and it's good like i think you need to know science behind it because nutrition is a science so yeah I just want to be mindful about what I promote and I think it's a huge disservice when a lot of influencers promote diets that work for them or they think that they work for them and they promote it as kind of like a fact like everyone should try this you need to do this if you don't do this what are you doing you're unhealthy you know so I think that it's just um, really, I just, I, I want to keep that in mind. I know I'm I'm kind of rambling and stuttering on my words, but keeping it real here, I do want to keep that in mind, and I want to say I don't know everything, I don't uh, do it all right. Some things that I say, like, are great for me, like, I know I promote a lot of foods that I like, and a lot of, maybe, like, supplements that I take, and I am, like, promoting that, but I don't want to ever have it be like, oh, you have to take this, this is end all be all, it's going to work for you, you know, so... I always want to come into it with a mindset that like, hey guys, I'm not a professional. Keep that in mind if that makes sense. I hope that this makes sense. I hope I'm not just rambling. But yeah, so I wanted to have someone that is a little bit more experienced on the subject than me to kind of answer some of your questions. I asked you guys on the Facebook page what questions you wanted me to ask tomorrow, and I asked her a few of them. So be sure to join the Facebook page if you guys want to participate in the next time I ask what questions you guys want to ask. I'm going to try to start doing that with every podcast. Anyways, I don't want to ramble for too much longer. So I am just going to get right into the podcast. But thank you guys so much for liking this podcast so far. I can't believe we have already done over 30 episodes. I know 30 is not a milestone, but just the fact that we've done over 30 episodes to me is crazy. Um, So thank you guys for enjoying it and for letting me do what I love. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Tamar and keep on listening. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel, but we're here to talk about the real real. Hi Tamar, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Hey Natalie, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So Tamara is a nutritionist and a dietitian and a health coach and I am so excited to have her on the podcast. When you guys heard that I was having her on, you guys were so excited to find out what's true, what's false about just health in general, and also just hearing her journey also to becoming a health coach and to get to where she is today. So we are just going to jump right into setting the record straight, which is just some assumptions, um, some true and false statements, and based on your experience, you'll say if it was true or if it's false. Awesome. So the first one is, everyone has a different opinion on what is healthy.
1: True. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that what is healthy... There's some basic assumptions about what is healthy eating lots of fruits and vegetables is healthy yeah um but i think everybody has a different opinion on other things like fat and meat um Mm -hmm. so
0: true yeah and dieting can be healthy
1: yes that is also true um dieting is not for everyone but Mm -hmm. some people do need to diet to manage their health so that's yeah definite
0: true definitely and you can't be vegan or vegetarian and be healthy.
1: Vegan and vegetarian diets can be very, very, very healthy. So that's false.
0: Yeah, I had a few people asking that. We're asking, I'm vegetarian. What supplements do I need to take, if any? Or I'm vegan. Am I missing out on any nutrients? So I think for vegan, I've been told it's just vitamin B3. Is that the one? Or vitamin B12. B12. Um, B12. Vegan and
1: vegetarian diets. So... So B12 is a a vitamin that you can only get from, well, the most absorbable form of B12 you can only get from animals. So if you are doing 100% plant-based, then you do need to supplement with B12. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you supplement, it can be super healthy. Um, You also likely will need to supplement with iron because iron in plants isn't absorbed well either.
0: Really? Um, Yes. Okay, interesting.
1: So vegans and vegetarians need double the amount of iron than people who consume me.
0: That makes sense though. Yeah. And organic food is healthier.
1: That is, it depends. Yeah. So, um, organic plants, like organic fruits and vegetables are healthier than non-organic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, organic fruits and vegetables contain more phytonutrients, uh, which are really potent nutrients, um, that help to fight oxidative stress and damage. Um, so those are like your antioxidants. Yeah. Um, so organic plants are higher in those um, compounds than non-organic plants. But you can have like organic french fries yeah. <laughs> or yeah. organic pizza. Um, and not that those foods are bad necessarily, but um, just because it's organic doesn't mean that it's healthy.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And isn't it? I'm not sure if this is true, but you can pick on which vegetables or fruits you want, you should eat organic. Like a banana is not necessary because it has its shell on the outside and you're not eating that. Is that correct? Or
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's something called the Dirty Dozen, which is a list by the Environmental Working Group. Um, they're this nonprofit organization. They put together a list every single year of the dirtiest uh, foods. And when they say dirty, they're referring to foods that are highest in pesticides. Mm-hmm. Um, so with if you're thinking about like crops and spraying with fruit like banana there's a shell around it so it's not really reaching the part that you yeah. actually eat um so it tends to be a lot you're getting a much lower exposure to pesticides got it um but if you were doing like strawberries or blueberries yeah. you're eating the whole thing so your pesticide exposure is a lot higher
0: okay I was like I know I heard that from somewhere but I'm not sure if that's true yeah
1: that's definitely true
0: earnin is a financial technology company not a bank subject to your available earnings daily max pay period max and location see earnin.com tos for details bank products are issued by evolve bank and trust member ftic let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me i live in miami florida it is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Barts or rewatching the Eras Tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? I just wanted to take a quick break to thank TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds for sponsoring today's episode. Are you having trouble sleeping, focusing, or relaxing? If the answer is yes, then TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast has got you covered. This hour-long podcast is made to help you get rid of distractions, reduce stress, relax, and get better sleep. You can listen to the sounds of nature, white noise, relaxing music, and so much more. You can check out the TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. And the last one is, it's bad to swallow your gum.
1: <laughs> I would say definitely true on that one. Yeah. Um, who knows what's in gum? Although they do have some healthier options out these days. Mm. Um, but generally, I would imagine gum is pretty tough to digest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would try to avoid that whenever possible if you can. Yeah. No, definitely.
0: Definitely. And now just tell us a little bit about yourself. So where you grew up, where you went to school, and just who you are.
1: So I actually, I'm a total hippie. I was born in New York City, but I was raised in Woodstock, New York. So I'm from the Hudson Valley. Um, And I think that sort of laid the foundation for my interest in health because people in Woodstock are... There's a lot of vegetarians. I was actually Mm -hmm. raised pescatarian. Um, There's a big focus on food. There's also a lot of farms upstate. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the food that I grew up eating was like locally raised, and I visited farms my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got into nutrition... um, Well, let me rewind a little bit. So I first went to undergrad in New York for psychology. Um, and I went to Hunter College and then I worked in nonprofit for a little bit I worked with kids in Harlem and I was just really disturbed by um, how our children eat in America uh, especially in lower income areas um, Mm -hmm. in in inner cities so I got really interested sort of in in nutrition in that way and then I ended up working in the nonprofit setting Teaching kids uh, how to eat healthy, Um, and then I just sort of decided to dive in and like pursue nutrition as a career. I originally wanted to do therapy and work in um, social work, but Mm -hmm. I decided to sort of pivot because I just I love science um, and I love health. Yeah. Um, And I myself have like a lot of health conditions that I have to manage, so kind of just came together, and and, um, I decided to enroll in NYU's uh, program for clinical nutrition. Nice.
0: Um, Yeah. So how was that? Were your classes really rigorous? How many years of schooling is that? Yeah, so it's interesting. Because I decided to
1: pursue nutrition as a second career, Mm -hmm. I actually ended up having a really long journey with schooling. (laughs) Um, Because I already had my undergrad in psych, I had to take... um, like two years worth of undergrad classes in oh, wow. science. Um, cause I didn't have any physical science classes. Mm-hmm. So I had to take bio, um, chem, a bunch of labs, anatomy and physiology. So I had to take all of that stuff mm-hmm. like nutrition one Oh one. Yeah. And minerals. Um, So those classes took me quite a long time, I guess a year and a half, Um, and then I had a dual master's program. So I was able to take those classes through my master's program at NYU and then um, enter into an internship and then start my master's. Uh, So it took me about three and a half years total, Okay, Um, but I sort of did it in like a convoluted way. Yeah, but that's good that if
0: you major in one thing, like, you do still have that option to go back to school and really do what you love, you know, you weren't, you wanted to do this, so you went back for it, even though you didn't have your undergrad in it, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think, like, the psych degree helped, because it's yeah. so general, and, and um, you know, having that was sort of, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it, was, it, it, it was helpful to sort of make that transition.
0: And I feel like with food also, knowing psychology can help with people's relationship with food. You know, having a psych and being a dietitian or having a psych major and being a dietitian, I feel like really, really goes hand in hand sometimes. Yeah. Especially as a health coach when you're dealing with clients. and. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what has your relationship with food been yourself? So I, I've had a pretty complicated
1: relationship with food. I think everybody's relationship with food is kind of yeah, complicated definitely. these days. Um, I, so I grew up in the '90s, and during that time, I think the dialogue around weight and body was really skewed towards thin bias. Mm-hmm. Um, That was during, like, the heroin chic age with Kate Moss. And although Kate Moss is absolutely stunning, all of the models were really, 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 um, thin and sort of the idea of what was beautiful was, like, really based on, um, tall, very, very thin white women. So there Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of diversity, um, sort of growing up in the media like there is now, which is awesome. But I think because of that, it really shaped the way that I felt about my body. Um, I always felt like larger or shorter or, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, just kind of inadequate. So I started trying to control my weight pretty early on. Um, I think it's something that I started thinking about in grade school. And then I started sort of dieting
0: I want to say, like, in middle school. Okay, wow, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so really, really young. Um, And I also, around that time, started to just notice that I had a lot of issues with food from a a physical perspective. So I would eat, and, and I would have a lot of... Um, discomfort. So I'd feel like really bloated or have indigestion. So I've always sort of like struggled with trying to figure Mm. out um, what foods were causing all these really uncomfortable symptoms. From an early age, I started to get those symptoms around uh, high school. So that experience sort of shaped my relationship with food um, growing up. But since then, um, I've done so much work with Uh, working with professionals working with health coaches naturopaths chiropractors therapists Mm -hmm. and really um and of course getting my education really learning about food and nutrition um and now I'm happy to say that I of of course there are moments where I I feel just like frustrated with my body and frustrated with Mm -hmm. my health but I think I'm I'm at this point where I feel really at peace with who I am, and I know how to manage my health and take care of myself mentally and physically.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. And do you think having that formal education really helped you in the sense of knowing what really was considered healthy or what worked for your body? Because I mean, growing up, you probably were just listening to magazines or TV or box ads at the grocery <laughs> store. So did having that education like change your perspective a lot on like what you thought was healthy? Yeah, totally.
1: I mean, you know, growing up, it's so funny. There's always so many different diets depending on, like, the decade.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what was the diet when you were growing up? So the
1: diet when I was growing up, I mean, Atkins was a big one, and South Beach were, like, the big ones. Got it. Um, I think now, like, Atkins has sort of transformed into keto. It's basically the same diet, yeah, but it's okay. just a different name. Got it. Um, and it's a little less processed now. Um, but the South Beach diet was, like, also really big. Um, yeah. so it's, it's
0: funny th- hearing it called, like, the South Beach diet. You know? Like, oh, you're in the, on the beach in a big bathing suit. Like, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's
1: kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so growing up and sort of having those diets, like, in in – Mind, and of course, I tried them. That was sort of my first exposure to like how to eat mm-hmm. um, aside from like the information that I got my par- from my parents, which was actually really good. My parents were really into cooking. They refused to let me have sugar or fast food, which I don't know if that was a good <laughs> thing
0: growing up. It's better than <laughs> an overindulgence in those, I feel like. so.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it's tough to find a balance, but I do wish that like. I, as a kid, I think you sort of rebel when you're so restricted. You know, my parents, like, literally didn't let us have fast food at
0: all. Yeah. It was,
1: like, a non-option. Yeah. Or sugar. Um, So I I sort of gained, like, my information based on diets and Mm -hmm. my parents, which was, like, a combination of good and bad. Yeah. (laughs) But having that formal education, I mean, was life-changing. And Mm -hmm. it's still life-changing. Nutrition is, like, such a it's such a cool evolving field Mm -hmm. and there's so much research that hasn't been done. So much research that's been done that we're now saying is debunked. Like everything changes. Um, And I think it's just so important um, to just consult a professional. And when it comes to this stuff, I mean, I think everybody should know how to eat. We think that everybody would know how to eat, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So having that formal education, I, I would highly recommend. It doesn't have to be a master's degree. Um, You can get your undergraduate degree in nutrition as well. Yeah. Um, The training that I have was at a hospital, so because I'm a dietitian, I learned a lot more about like disease um, and not just basic healthy eating. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot with people who have like medical conditions. Yeah. Um, So if that's something that you want to do, then you definitely need formal training to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really cool major to go into. And also I like that it's science-based. It's not just... I mean, now we hear so many opinions on the internet about what's healthy, what's not healthy, what's good for you. But nothing's really... It's not backed up by science. It's just people saying like what they think or what they view as healthy or not or like a random blog post on the internet, you know? But having that formal education, I think, is really, really important.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the internet is fabulous but it's also horrible (laughs) Yeah, because um you know we're in this new point as humans where everyone has a platform which is so cool Mm -hmm. but I think that it's leaving room for people to be really confused about what to do how to take care of themselves for things that are as simple as nutrition and 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 I think that a lot of people with influence are really irresponsible in how they talk about nutrition yeah. Yeah. Um, and health um, because they aren't professionals. They yeah. don't know the science behind but it. But they
0: speak like they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They'll create like books to follow or just like they say things as facts. Like this is... What you should be doing, and if you're not doing this, then you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's really, really confusing to people, especially on social media. I guess you're like how you were saying, growing up, it was a lot of models and skinny white models that everyone looked up to, and that that was the version of beauty. And now it's a lot on social media, so like Instagram influencers and YouTubers, and that is kind of what people look up to, which I think is good because there's a much larger range of diversity in that and anyone can have a platform but it's also bad because a lot of people use that platform like you were saying to just speak matter of fact when you have no idea what they know or like how they know what they know you know they're not registered they're not they didn't have that education so i think it's like a good and bad thing yeah
1: totally i think like like instagram actually just cracked down on I'm sure you guys have seen like all of the flat tummy teas. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And, and like different um, like weight loss lollipops and appetite suppressant things that are being promoted, mm-hmm. or at least were being promoted by huge celebrities and people with major global influence. And Instagram actually just made that something that they are banning. That's awesome.
0: Because what do you? What are your thoughts on the flat tummy tea?
1: <laughs> I don't have any positive thoughts on yeah. flat tummy tea. <laughs> um, but there's no tea out there that's going to give you a flat tummy. It's yeah, just, it's just not a thing. Um, yeah. I think that it's a thing that was created so people can make money. Yeah. Um,
0: really? Aren't they just laxatives? Like isn't that just all that that it is? Yeah, a lot of them are just laxatives, or
1: they're like really, really highly caffeinated um, teas. Which um, studies say that caffeine can increase metabolism, but they can also cause anxiety, which is like a very, 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 very prevalent mental health disease that more and more people have. So, mm-hmm. um, n- caffeine isn't necessarily more caffeine isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, I didn't know that that caffeine is considered like. Relax that ever makes you go to the bathroom more increases your t- metabolism. I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, very slight, mm-hmm. um, but it it stimulates the digestive system, so mm-hmm. it can help you to move your bowels. Um, and then it has a slight increase in your metabolic rate when you have it, but not long term. So you have to have a lot of it all the time in order for it to have like a sustainable impact on your
0: metabolism. Yeah. Do you think that those flat tummy teas and all of those like. Like weight loss supplements and everything like that, or lollipops. Do you think that after you stop using them, it can cause harm to your body, or is it most harmful like while you're taking it? Um, they could
1: definitely cause harm after. Mm-hmm. It, the body is so resilient. We put our body through so much, and it recovers pretty well for the most part. Mm-hmm. But um if you are over caffeinated or dependent on laxatives um that can cause some i don't want to say permanent but more long-term damage to your digestive system and your stress hormones and sleep yeah um so it can take some time to sort of recover from that too
0: yeah and with all these opinions out there on what's healthy what's not what is your definition of healthy in the broad term
1: yeah, you know, that's such a good question because I think what's healthy is different for everyone. Yeah. Um I think as I said when we first started chatting, health is should always include fruits and vegetables. Yep. Um so for some people, some people need to be more careful about fruit than others, but for the most part, um having lots of plants is super healthy, not just for our bodies, but also for the environment. Yeah. Um, So that, I think, is the foundation to a lot of healthy things. Um, All of the other foods, it just depends. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, highly processed foods that are devoid of nutrients, like sugar, (laughs) for example, (laughs) isn't something that I would consider healthy, but Mm -hmm. completely eliminating sugar from your diet it's also not something that I would consider healthy because I think that we don't like eat in an isolated bubble like getting pleasure from food is important yeah um so I think it's it's just as healthy to have small amounts of sugar occasionally um yeah it's
0: not gonna kill you yeah exactly yeah and it will help your relationship I feel like with food if you're fine with being, like it, it's better if you can have it every once in a while and not hate yourself, you know, because yes. some people have it and then they feel so bad for having it, but a little bit is not going to do much harm, in, I think. <laughs> yeah, I
1: totally, I totally agree. Um, I think, I, I don't like the term, like, everything in moderation, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, being on these, like, restrictive rules yeah. can cause a lot of damage with mental health and also physical health. Mm-hmm. So I think what's healthy is... A way of eating that makes you feel happy right yeah. um, that mental that supports you mentally but also supports you physically so if you are eating and you feel exhausted and really tired and you have indigestion um, that isn't regardless of what you're eating you probably should make some changes but yeah. a healthy diet is one that makes you feel that supports your digestive system that supports your mental health that supports your energy levels that allows for healthy sleep and um, so it's sort of broad but
0: (laughs) no but I feel like that's better than having it be like so narrow where we're restricting ourselves so much yeah so and also a lot of people do say that they can't eat healthy because it's too expensive so they opt for fast food restaurants all the time or just cheap meals like dollar pizza or the (laughs) hot dog stand across the street so how would you describe or what would you say to someone that thinks that it's too expensive to eat healthy
1: so, eating healthy can definitely be more expensive, um, but there are ways to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, farmers' markets actually accept food stamps. So, oh, nice. if you receive aid f- uh, from the government for food, you can shop at a farmer's market. Um, you can also, you don't have to get um, all organic at everything. Yeah. Um, Trader Joe's is actually a great place to shop. I know not everyone listening has Trader Joe's. But but they're, like, a great source of, like, cheap, healthy foods. Mm -hmm. There's also some cool organizations out there that um, they deliver, like, the foods that aren't good enough to sell on the in, in grocery stores so they're like a little bit like damaged but mm-hmm. they're perfectly healthy and fine so you can really? get that yeah I did really not know cool. about that um I'll send you the link and you can put it in the show show Perfect. Notes. yeah um, I'll do that yeah so so I think it's about being intentional um I, I think this question is really tough because um the reality is that it is difficult to eat healthy if you don't have money. Um, mm-hmm. But every little bit really counts. Mm-hmm. Like I consider eggs to be a really healthy food and you can get eggs pretty much anywhere and yeah. they're super affordable. Yeah. Um, frozen f- vegetables and fruits are actually really healthy too. Sometimes those are cheaper.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so that's a good option too to save some money for Yeah, that. and
0: it doesn't go bad as quickly. And especially if you're eating for one too because eating for one can be really expensive because most things is like family style you know you yeah. buy for a big group of people but I've learned to like freeze all my like vegetables if it's not if I'm not using them in a, by a certain time or I freeze my bread you know things like that just to make it um last longer and it's not like it's growing mold or rotting so I think that's also another tip is to just like freeze your food if you're not gonna eat it in time Totally. And not
1: for nothing. Cooking is so much cheaper than eating out. I mean, if you're getting like a dollar slice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you are like really serious about eating healthy, cooking is going to save you a ton of money o- yeah. overall anyway. So, yeah. Um, like
0: a $12 salad from Sweet Green is expensive. <laughs> yeah. But you can make that salad at home for much, much less. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you can make that last for like four days. Exactly, I think that can be another way to try to eat healthy on a budget.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break to tell you guys about our sponsor. You guys all know what Spotify is, but on Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. So you do not need to have a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one that you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. And you can also easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. So if you're listening to this ad right now, you should take a pause and share your podcast or share my podcast, I should say, on your Instagram story and let other people know where to find it. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app, search for The Real Real Podcast on Spotify, or browse podcasts in your library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of The Real Real Podcast. And you started your own consulting services as a health coach. So why did you decide to go into that or start that yourself? Being
1: a dietitian is the coolest thing because there's so many different areas that you can work in. Mm -hmm. Most dietitians start off by working in the hospital. Um, my training was in the hospital, so I most of the people who I went to school with started off by working in, a, in the hospital. The problem with that is that people, first of all, it doesn't pay well yeah. <laughs> at all, um, and people who are in the hospital are really sick, Yeah. and nutrition is more of a preventative science, um, and you can really support people more so before they get to the hospital. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, when I was in my internship, I actually um, was able to intern at a private practice. So I started, I was exposed to private practice really early in my dietetics career. Um, and I got hired right after my internship by that private practice. And so I kind of dove into private practice immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just loved it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love working with people. I, I love helping people, but really having like one-to-one, um, sort of, sessions is just something that I really love I think it really integrates like my background in psychology and then my coaching uh training also helped with that so I kind of I was lucky enough to get in um to um consulting really 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 early um and it sort of just worked out but um there are other paths that you can do mm-hmm. to kind of get to this place. Yeah. You definitely have to be good with people. <laughs> if yes. If you want to yeah. be uh, work with clients 101.
0: Yeah. Do you think that your psychology background is something that you would recommend other people to have kind of maybe if they want to take some psych classes or you don't think it's necessary?
1: I don't think it's necessary. Honestly, I recommend like getting coaching. Okay. Uh, uh, coach training. Coach training is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's so great. I, I think the word coach is sort of like thrown out there yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, and people don't really know what it is. Like anyone can call themselves a coach. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, whether it's a health coach or uh, a fitness coach or a business coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, when it comes to the health, um healthcare industry, they actually just started a national board certification for health coaches, which is um regulated by the national the uh board for medical examiners Mm -hmm. so it's a board certified certification coaching really teaches you about behavioral science and uh uh, behavior change and motivation so awesome yeah
0: really specific to what you're doing yeah it's great totally and what has been the best part of your job and about helping other people
1: I mean, I love my job. <laughs> There's
0: so many That's good so parts. That's so great though. <laughs> That's the dream is to love what you're doing.
1: Yeah. It's hard to choose just one, but I love the the fact that I can really change lives. I mean, yeah. I've had I've been lucky enough to like really have a positive impact on people's confidence level i've helped people get like better jobs um i've helped people um you know be in healthier relationships i've helped i've helped people get to like optimal health physically um and then the cool part about that is like it's kind of that concept of like each one teach one when Mm -hmm. you help one person you then help like an entire community because that one person who's doing really well is then going to go take care of their family better or yeah. go support their friends more or be able to have a better impact at work and be able to help people in that way so i just feel like my reach is really far and, yeah. I, and I feel very grateful to have that's that. awesome
0: yeah what would be your best advice to someone who wants to become uh, a dietitian or doesn't know if that's what the path that they want to go on and besides like going to school and stuff like what would your best advice be just for day-to-day for them?
1: I'm so glad you asked this question mm-hmm. because I think people are really confused about, like, how to pursue a health, a career in health. Yeah. Um, so I'm a dietitian, which is a more clinical training. Clinical refers to um, health care disease. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also go into coaching as well and still get sort of like basic training in wellness overall. Yeah. Um, so if you're more interested in war- in science, I definitely recommend you-, you, you have to do an education, um, mm-hmm. and go through the, the dietitian route. Um, as a dietitian, you learn, um, so much more about science. I told you I took all of those anatomy yeah. and physiology courses, Um, So if you are more interested in like the science and learning about diseases and um, sort of really getting into the nitty gritty of nutrition, so learning about biochemistry, which is basically what nutrition is for the most part. It's all biochem. Um, Then go the dietetics route, which requires an undergrad degree, but I think they're changing to require a master's degree. Yeah, they haven't made that transition yet, but... Uh, if you want to be a dietitian, you need to get an undergrad degree and, and then do a dietetic internship, which is very competitive, but um, they have them around the country. Yeah. Um, and some of them are more clinical, where you work in a hospital, some of them are more community based, where you work in nonprofits. You sort of get exposure to all different areas of dietetics within mm-hmm. that internship, and then you have to sit to take an exam. Um, and when you pass your exam, you're officially a dietitian. Being a nutritionist is actually not a thing
0: in New York. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Why is that not a thing?
1: there's no licensing for nutritionists in New York.
0: But in other states, is it? Yes. In other states there
1: are. Like in Florida, you can be a licensed uh, nutritionist. Okay. Um, Which, this makes everything really tricky because... Yeah.
0: I feel like all states should kind of be the same on what they can and can't license. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. So for example, in Florida or in states that have licensing, um like personal trainers are not legally allowed to give nutrition advice
0: okay wow
1: yeah so it's highly regulated it's like you know you can't just call yourself a doctor if you're not a doctor (laughs) yeah
0: that actually makes sense because it is dealing with your body and your health so I don't think that you should be able to just like give out advice without the licensing if there is an option to be licensed in that state yeah exactly um
1: so If anyone's looking for a nutritionist out there, be really careful because you literally, anyone can call them a nutritionist in certain states um, and you can pay someone a bunch of money and they don't really have the training or education um, to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, They could be really good at marketing, (laughs) Um, but not so good or experienced at um, actually being a dietitian or a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're more interested in like wellness and behavior change, then I would recommend going the coaching route. Mm -hmm. Um, And the coaching route um, depends on the different, there's so many different programs, but as I said, it was just, there's a national board certification for health coaches now. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can check out their website. I can also send you the links. You can put it in the show notes. Um, And there's a list of different programs that you can sign up for um, that are approved by the national uh, board certification for that um so you can go the coaching route if you want to just work with behavioral health Mm -hmm. and learn like the basics of nutrition yeah um or you can go the dietetics route if you want to really learn about science and sort of get into the nitty-gritty of nutrition
0: it's really interesting how many different paths you can go on and still be in the same field in general you know you're still working with health you're still working with food so that's really cool i didn't know that i didn't know that you had to go through all of those steps to be like registered and One or the other, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, the cool thing about, like, this industry is... I think I said this earlier, as a dietitian, I mean some of my colleagues, they like work for food companies. Mm-hmm. Some of my colleagues work in research. Yeah. Um, some people do private practice. Like there's me. a lot of
0: there's a lot of fields to go into. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's
1: so much that you can do with this career, especially now. It's yeah, a really fun time to be in this industry.
0: That's awesome. So, yeah. And what, last question, what would be your best piece of advice just in general that you've ever received? So it doesn't have to be about dieticians or nutritionists or anything like that, but just in general, what's your best piece of advice? Best piece of advice. Um, you know,
1: that one's tough. I think that it's really important as an entrepreneur and as a woman, um, and really for anyone to really try to minimize that comparison yeah, um, and really just focus on like uplifting yourself, being a part of a community that's uplifting for you instead of like looking at what other people are doing and then feeling like you're falling short or you're not good enough. I think that comparison is really killer of all joy. (laughs) It really is.
0: It really is. That's so true. I was talking about that in a previous video actually and like all the comments were so encouraging and Everyone feels that way, sadly, but it's one of those things that you have to... It's like a constant daily reminder. Like, don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: it's it's with social media and everyone having a voice and there's just so much noise. It's really hard to not do mm-hmm. that. So, like you said, you have to just check that all the time. Yeah. Um, and know that... Just clear the noise, trust your gut, go with, your, go with what feels good, um, and it'll work out.
0: Yeah, I love that advice. Thank you so much, Tamar, for being on the podcast. And is there anything that you want to plug or shout out on here? Yeah, well, thank you
1: so much for having me. Um, uh, You guys can find me on Instagram at allgreatnutrition. Um, Check out my website. I have a blog, which has a ton of helpful science-backed info on nutrition and Mm -hmm. behavioral health. It's allgreatnutrition.com.
0: Awesome. So I'll have everything in the show notes. But thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I think that this episode's going to be a really great one. I'm super
1: excited. Thank you.
0: I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode with Tamar. I think it was a great one and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it on the private Facebook page or on our Instagram. I'm trying to revamp our Instagram so it's not looking too hot right now, but trust me, it will look a little better in the future. But thank you so much for listening, for reviewing, for joining the Facebook page if you haven't already and I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys next week. I know I didn't upload this episode on a Monday. I'm very sorry. I will see you guys next week on Monday with another episode of The Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovon Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life. That's L O no W everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.